When a little boy is spotted walking down an Australian highway in the middle of the night, passerbys quickly inform the police. That should have been the end of the story. Instead, it was the beginning of a mystery. Now we take a look at the story of a young woman whose favorite pastime was swimming in her family's pool. Or was it? And finally, we take a look at the theory that the sun, the big flaming ball in the sky that gives us light and life, may actually be an eldritch god that can destroy us at any moment. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun out in the sun, but not the sun we'll be talking about a little bit later. First off, let's give a shout out to one of our legacy Patreon supporters walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now. Give it up for Radar. Everyone give a big round of applause for Radar. Boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. Radar, you're going to be our captain. Our, that was a radar sound if you didn't pick up on that, right? <laughs> radar, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. We also have a merch store, and we have an Amazon wish list if you, if you would like to buy me a book. But really, the main thing you can do is tell people about the show, get them listening to the show. Really, really means a lot when you do that. Radar, let's go ahead and strap you into the hair hang glider. We're going to take a nice leisurely glide all the way from Dead Rabbit Command out to Bardia, Australia. (sighs) Following those trade winds over the Pacific Ocean. Specifically, we're headed to the Hume Highway. This runs by Bardia, Australia. It's April 18th, 2021, 7.40 p.m. Cars driving down the freeway. And in one of these cars is a man and his mom. The dude's name is Mitch Cooney. And Mitch Cooney is the owner of a motorcycle accessory shop called Shark Leathers. We're not being sponsored by this company. But he's driving down the road and he has this like RV type thing on the back of his truck. He's hauling this merchandise, hauling these supplies down the road. And he has a little dash cam on his car. This video is in the show notes. You can watch it. I watched it a bunch of times. This is a really interesting story for two reasons. First off, what he captures on the dash cam. So Mitch is driving down the road with this truck hauling this load of supplies in this RV. And clear as day, well, not clear as day, it's at night, but in the dash cam video, as he's driving down the road, you see coming from the left hand of the screen, a little kid. Well, A little something, like this, okay, it's something moving across the street, walking into the frame. It looks like a young kid around age of six wearing a blue jacket. And it's a really busy highway. It's late at night. Well, it's not not super late. It's 740, but it's very, very dark out. And Mitch sees this kid, and there's that initial instinct to stop and rescue the dude. But he realized the speed they were going with this toy hauler on the back of his truck. There's, if he stopped, he would have caused a huge accident. He drove by the kid, and this is all caught on video. The kid's very, very close to the car, and his mom starts calling the authorities. So at 7.41, she places this phone call. As an anomalous video, right? We see videos like this all the time. I have also videos in the show notes. There's a woman who's laying in her bed and you see the sheet like disappear, like the aliens abducted her. There's a video also in the show notes of a fairy a little fairy person setting off a motion detector. 
Videos are really hard to cover on a podcast, obviously. Because I can kind of tell you what happens, and then we can kind of debate whether or not it's actually a fairy, or a moth with legs, or some sort of artifact blur, all that stuff. It's really hard to do into the podcast. So normally, I would just say this is an interesting video. I'd post it on a couple subreddits, post it in the Discord, and that would be that. But the, 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 the second part of the story is what makes this even creepier. Because then you could go, well, maybe it was some garbage, some garbage in the shape of a boy. It could be our imagination, could be a trick of the light or something like that. What makes this story interesting beyond the fact that there's this little boy walking down the, sh the highway is his mom calls at 741. They call the police and say, hey, we just saw a little kid down the road. At 8.29, Mitch calls the police again and is like, because he can't get it off of his head, right? Like, I hope that little kid's okay. I mean, wouldn't that be so terrifying? I hope that little kid's okay. Like, I can't even imagine what could happen to that kid. Well, I can imagine it, but I don't want to. It would be horrible. So at 8.29, Mitch calls the police again and says, hey, you know, just letting you know if you guys had any more news about that kid. And I have dash cam footage. Like, if, if, you, if anything I can help, like, if you need to see this footage of this little boy in case you need to know what type of jacket he was wearing... And he's talking to the police, and they go, oh, no, 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 no. Um, we found the kid, actually. We sent units out there, and we did locate the child. Don't worry. It's on its way back home. So everything's taken care of. Mitch is like, oh, that's awesome. This whole phone call lasted 44 seconds. What happened was, a couple days later, a day later or two, the newspaper covered this story. Because he posted this on his Facebook, this video on his Facebook, and it went viral in the country. And the Daily Mail Australia covered this, and they did a follow-up on it as well. And when they asked the police, oh, so you went out there and you found the kid? The police go, what? No. No, we didn't. Reporters go, wait, you didn't find the kid? No, 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 we didn't find the kid. In fact, we actually sent units out there, and we were looking for him till about 3.45 in the morning. We checked the entire area where this guy said he saw a kid, and no one. We didn't pick up any kid. So now Mitch is saying, no, 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 no. You told me you picked up the kid. Like, I called a little less than an hour after it was all going down, and you guys said that you picked up the kid, and I shouldn't worry, and the kid was on its way home. And now you're telling me you were still searching the area until 3.45? And the police department's official answer was, we never told you that we found the kid. So this is, that's what makes this story super weird, right? Because now we have the local authorities giving two different versions. One of them is a lie. One of these stories is not true. Either the officer who first picked up the phone, maybe it was not a necessarily a, a malicious lie. Maybe they were mistaken by saying we already picked up the kid and the kid's on the way home. But why would they still... I mean, that cop should be fired, right? If he revealed this information and it was flat out not true, there were still officers in the scene, at the scene, until 345. So what went on here? This could have easily just been, here's weird footage of something and we don't know what it is, and I see weird footage like that all the time. It's fun to look at that footage, but you can't really talk about it on a podcast. And most of the time you watch this footage and you go, that's eh, probably fake. And this footage, you could have said, eh, it might be a kid, it might be fake, it might be a ghost, it could be all sorts of stuff. It could be a bag blowing in the wind. But the fact that the police said, we found the kid, everything's okay, and then the next time they're asked by a reporter what happened, they go, we didn't find a kid, we never saw a kid, and we never told Mitch that we found a kid. Now that's a weird mystery, isn't it, right? That's so weird. Which version is true? 
Creepy. Creepy. I do think, looking at this video, again, I don't know. what There's something in the road. Ghost kid? Real kid? Who knows? I, I don't think it's a bag. I don't think the person purposely faked it. But whether or not what's in the video is in the video, what's really weird is the police telling a lie either way. Either they found the kid and the kid was taken back home, or they never found the kid. And then you start thinking, like, could the kid have escaped from somewhere and the police are in on this weird conspiracy and they returned the kid to the kid? You know, now, now your mind can go wild. It's always the lack of information. But actually, no, it's even worse than that. It's not necessarily a lack of information that drives the conspiracy theories. It's the false information. When someone tells you something that is not true, even if it's a little lie, it makes you suspect of the rest of the story. So yeah, that's where my mind started to go. Like, maybe they were in on something. I don't know. I don't want to accuse the entire police force of Australia to be in on this conspiracy. But yeah, really interesting, creepy story. I mean, the best case scenario is the cop was mistaken in that first phone call and they never did find a kid. But the other alternative is, oh, they found the kid and the kid wasn't taken back home. Once the reporter started wanting to know where the kid was, they're like, oh, and we never found the kid. Creepy story, terrifying story, whichever way you cut it. Ghost kid, police corruption. Very, very interesting. And you can watch that video in the show notes. Speaking of videos, I, I don't know if I have time to do this fully, but there's a YouTube channel I watch a lot called Corridor Crew. They do special effects. And I talked about them before because they did one where they were debunking like the Tic Tac video, the very famous UFO video that came out of the 2017 Nimitz battle cruiser thing. I think we're all familiar with the Tic Tac video. They recently did another breakdown. They were sent a video of a UFO... And it, what a cool, I love the aspect of investigation. Like if someone's really putting their heart into an investigation, even if it proves something, even if it proves that the ghost is fake or the UFO was fake, to watch experts in their field watch this video and go, how would, is this real? Is this a real UFO? How would we do this? It's really cool. I'll put that in the show notes. I had a lot of fun watching that. It's a great little mystery. These guys are really enthusiastic about their art, their craft, which is special effects. So yeah, I'll put that in the show notes too. But a lot of times, you know, video stuff obviously doesn't translate well to podcasts, but I thought this story definitely did because the story that happened behind it, right? That's the spooky part. Radar, let's go ahead and leave behind Australia. We're going to hop on board the dead rabbit rowboat and we're going to row all the way back out to, wait, never mind. This story also takes place in Australia. Radar, give me that rowboat. We're going to toss you the keys to the dead rabbit dune buggy. We're leaving behind this highway. We're headed all the way out to a small neighborhood in Australia. Bing, 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 bing. Kicking up dust with that dead rabbit dune buggy. We should make toys of these, right? Shouldn't we have like a little Mattel Hot Hot Wheels set of like the dirigible and the... Get, Jamie, go ahead and call Mattel. Get them on that. We'll make a merchandise deal. Dead rabbit radio action figures with me and a little Miley Cyrus action figure. Mungo Jr. We get them all. We get all those action figures. Radar, I want you to stop the dead rabbit dune buggy right here. We're going to hop out. We're standing outside the house of a young woman. Online, she's named Amelia6661, so we're just going to call her Amelia. That's perfect. And she tells us this story. Back in 2004, Amelia was only three years old. And that's when her family, her mother, her father, and four other siblings moved to Australia. 
And she says they moved into a nice middle-class house in a nice little middle-class neighborhood. And this house came with a big backyard. That's always the greatest thing, right, for kids to have one of these big backyards. And the family decided, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone, I'm sure this was a unanimous decision. Let's use part of this big backyard to put a pool in. So you guys are officially going to be the coolest kids in the neighborhood. We're going to have a pool. So they put in this giant pool in the backyard. They have a big trampoline and they do become the coolest kids in the neighborhood. All the kids want to come over to the new kid's house. Not just because they're the new kids, but because they have this big pool. And Amelia, this was her childhood. She goes, We'd every weekend we were in the pool, friends would come over, we'd go into the pool, have parties. <laughs> when you had your birthday party, it wasn't in sight. It was a pool party. And this was her entire childhood. And so life goes on for Amelia and her pool until 2012. So eight years have passed since she's moved in here, and 11-year-old Amelia is running around her house, and her two older sisters were like, hey, you know what, let's go to the pool. This is something that they say all the time. Who doesn't want to go into this pool? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So Amelia runs into her bedroom, and she puts on her bathing suit, and she walks out. And her dad is sitting there in the living room, and Amelia walks in the living room, and she goes, hey, Dad, we're going to go out to the pool. And her dad kind of looks at her and goes, okay. She says he just said it very sarcastically. She didn't, didn't really click anything, right? And she's sitting there in the living room. She's waiting for her sisters to come out in their bathing suits so they can jump in the pool as well. And she says, I was sitting in the living room for about 20 minutes. I'm like, what is taking my sister so long? we got to go swimming. If not now, when? We have to go swimming. And she goes, I got up and I went to one of my sister's rooms. Hey, are you coming? Are, are, are you coming out? And her sister opens the door and goes, where? Going where? And Amelia goes, to the pool. The sister just kind of looks at her. Amelia turns away from her sister. You have to imagine her stomach must have just been bunched up at this point. Something's not right. She feels it. And while she's wearing her bathing suit that she had just put on to go into the pool, she walks through the house, walks into the backyard. There's no pool. She said there were no photos of all these birthday parties at the pool. No pool toys laying around. No one else in the house had any clue what she was talking about. When she stood there and looked out into the backyard, it looked exactly like it did when they moved in eight years previous. She immediately got very upset, and she was just confused. She could not understand what happened, and here she is. She had just recently posted this a couple weeks ago. She goes, it's been 10 years since that happened, and I still cannot figure out what in the... I, I just can't wrap my head around it. I know... I know we had a pool for eight years at that house. It's funny, when we talk about Mandela effect, when we talk about reality warping and things getting reset, we tend to focus on these big things like the Berenstein Bears, which is my favorite example, because that to me is true. Berenstein Bears was not called the Berenstein Bears. 
ever. It was spelled S-T-E-I-N. We can also look at it like this, where this young woman, young girl who lived her life, she lived in a reality where they had a pool. And for whatever reason, whatever happened, she shifted to a reality. That's a big change because she said, my childhood was centered around this pool. My buddy Josh Mormeyer used to have a pool. We were in it all the time. Having a pool in your backyard is a huge magnet to hanging out. I hung out with him because he was cool too, but he did have an awesome pool. The idea is, imagine if that disappeared and all those memories, you're the only one who remembers them. It's terrifying, right? It really would break your reality. You would think, what is real? Like if I could have eight years of memories and then one day wake up and realize that they didn't exist and no one else remembered them, what is real? What is reality? Will anyone remember me? Like, could I possibly wake up tomorrow and no one knows who I am? Is it possible that I just cease to exist at any moment? And everyone forgets that I ever was a part of their lives. Did you think about how many first kisses were in this pool? How many crushes did you invite over to swim in the pool? Or when you're eating the cake and your feet are dangling in the pool and you're having these touching childhood memories, they're all gone. So if that type of stuff can disappear, if something as big as a pool can disappear and no one else notices it, that would really, really wreck with your sense of safety. Terrifying story. I mean, what? and it's interesting. What is the rational thing for this? Did she have some sort of aneurysm? Did she make it all up? Like, what, if she's telling the truth, obviously she could have made this story up. But if she's, if she's telling the truth and there's a rational explanation, what is it? A long waking dream? Some sort of epileptic seizure that causes this long vision? I'll put an episode in the show notes called The Lamp. That's something like that. Somebody gets some brain damage and then they live out an alternate life in the course of like a couple seconds. I'll put it on the show notes. It's a really good episode. But what would be what would be the cause of that? And if that what's the rational cause, but then as far as the paranormal conspiracy cause, I said that this happened in 2012. Specifically, it happened in December 2012. And any good conspiracy theorist remembers that that is that is when the world was supposed to end. That was when the Mayan calendar was supposed to come to a crashing stop and the world was supposed to suffer the anger of the gods. So maybe maybe the Mayans were half right. Maybe the world wasn't going to end. Maybe the entire prediction was for a pool to cease to exist. But again, that timing is very interesting. Did something big happen in 2012? Reality bending stuff is always really fascinating to me. And again, if a pool can disappear, why can't a human? Creepy, creepy stuff. Radar, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind this backyard. We're stealing her pool. We're siphoning the water. Glug, 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 glug. She's like, no, bring me back my memories. <laughs> We're leaving behind this young lady with no pool. We're headed all the way out. Out of orbit. We're headed, ladies and gentlemen. To the sun. There's this meme going around from this guy named Indy City. Made this little, basically like a writing prompt. Kind of laying stuff out. And basically, the, the concept is the sun is probably the closest thing we'll ever have to a true eldritch abomination. This Cthulhu level like horror. 
very fanciful. We see them in all of these works of literature. We have them in our most ancient myths. But the sun in our skies is the closest thing we'll have to one in reality. And this is the way that Indy City lays it out. It's older than recorded history. We can't even comprehend how long it's already been here. We can say four billion years, but how does that, how does that even, how do we even rationalize that? It existed long before the planet did. And even though it does have a finite life cycle, unlike the truly immortal and all powerful Cthulhu, we bow to you. Even though it does have a finite life cycle, it's, it's far longer than any human life could ever be. And it's far longer than we could ever comprehend. Our longest civilization is but a minute in the life of the sun. By looking at it, it instantly burns itself into your vision. And if you stare at it too long, you'll go blind. The only thing that protects us is the darkness of space, the millions of miles between us and it. If it was any closer, we wouldn't be around to even observe it. You can go blind by looking at it. If you're exposed to it for too long, unprotected, you'll get cancerous growths on your skin. It's so loud. Its voice, if you were somehow able to hear it, you would die instantly. Its loudness, its volume, is 329 decibels. That's enough to kill a human being. Again, the fact that we have this distance from it is what keeps us alive. It's this non-humanoid shape floating through space with massive, hundreds of mile long tentacles made of flame flickering in the distance. Sometimes, these tendrils lash out so wildly that flares, solar flares, travel through the darkness and still impact Earth. Sometimes giving us the beautiful gift of the Aurora Borealis. Oddly enough, the more advanced we get, the closer we get to being a civilization that can harness the power of the sun, the more vulnerable we are. Because we can have one of these solar flares go off and it completely fries all of our electronics and puts us back into a pagan state, a Stone Age state. We can go from the most advanced society, the most advanced known race in the universe, to living like cavemen overnight. And the only thing that prevents that is, are we in the way of these sun's angry lashes? It's almost like the Tower of Babel, right? You build a tower to talk to God, God destroys it. We build a civilization, we talk about harnessing the power of the sun, but if the God doesn't want that, if this eldritch abomination does not want that, with a simple flick of flame, can put us back into a feudal state. Population maybe 100 million people, mass die-offs. Starvation, people who need medication dead within weeks, people just at war with each other, immediate barbarism. Its mere existence distorts space and time. The fact that it is where it is warps the fabric of reality and sucks everything and creates this order around it. It is the closest we have to one of the old ones. It is the closest we have to this unknowable, uncaring, 
dark god. It was interesting. I'm looking over. I was like, dude, that's really dope, right? It's really interesting to think of it that way. I want to give a shout out to Yuli Ban, who posted this. Posted this in the first place. Indie City wrote it. Yuli Ban reposted it. And then I got to give a shout out. So that in and of itself is really cool. It's just an interesting way to look at things. But what's dope is that we have this other user hop in named Guy, and posted a link that took the story in a whole other, whole other direction. He posted a link to an article from Inverse.com, which is a science and science fiction website. They cover, like, movies, and they cover real stuff, rocket ships and space and all that stuff. They covered this article called The Rocket Scientist Who Woke the Stars. And who they're speaking about is this guy named Greg Matloff. He's a former propulsion scientist for NASA, and he's currently an adjunct associate professor of physics. And, and so he deals with a lot of the real science behind this stuff. But one day he was given this class, and a big thing when we look at the universe at large, when we see something on a galactic scale that doesn't make sense, we go, well, it must be dark matter. There must be something out there that we can't see that's moving these stars, that's making these things act the way they are because they don't fit the current model we have of the universe. But we're looking at it. We can observe it's doing this, but it doesn't match what we currently know about the universe. So dark matter is the answer. We can't observe it. There's no proof that it's there except that something's happening in a way it shouldn't happen. He was teaching this class and one of the students brought up, he goes, hey, teach. He's kicking back. He's wearing the leather jacket. It's the Fonz. He goes, hey, teach. You talk about this dark matter stuff, but we've been researching dark matter for 90 years and we are no closer to proving it. We, have, we know nothing more about dark matter than we did 90 years ago. It's bunk. Greg thought about that. Greg, Greg, that really kind of got to him. He expelled the kid. He's like, get out. He thought about that and he goes, that is interesting. Like, we've been running the same theories for 90 years. Is it true? And he starts looking at all these different options and he starts to really kind of delve into the science of it. How could this be happening? And at the same time, he starts to think about consciousness. This is so weird. This is all theoretical. And I want to be totally fair. This article, it's very, very well written. Greg Matloff comes off as a very, very smart guy. It's, it's going to be filtered through me. It's going to be filtered through me. So hopefully I can, I can express this as well as he did. He says this. He goes, we do not understand what consciousness is. We understand how the brain works. We understand how the electrons... It's not pronounced like that, Jason. We understand how the electrons in your brain and the nerve endings, all this. We understand how it works. We understand biologically how the brain works. But we do not understand consciousness at all. We don't know what starts it. We don't know what keeps it going. And we don't know if you have to be human to have consciousness. We don't even know if you have to be alive to have consciousness. And he goes, because on the quantum level, in, in real life, I can keep putting my fingers on this door and my fingers will not go through this door. But on a quantum level, when you get small enough to the quantum level, there is a chance that a wave will pass through a barrier. Because on the quantum level, the rules don't apply. And when we look at, at it on a galactic level, the rules start to get wonky too. So he says, if consciousness is waves... If the consciousness is just waves moving that are carrying these thoughts or processing this information, on a quantum level, those consciousness waves can leave 
the barrier and soak out into the universe. There is no reason to think that a consciousness only exists in the human brain once and forever. On the quantum level, these waves are getting out and they are seeping into the universe. And if they can leave a barrier, what's to prevent them from going into something else? What is consciousness? What causes consciousness? Do you have to be alive to be conscious? Does it, Can a rock be conscious? Can a planet be conscious? Can the sun be conscious? He goes, listen, this is what we're looking at. We're seeing these suns, these stars throughout the galaxy, acting in ways they shouldn't act. We see stars group up in a way that based on what we know about gravity, based on what we know about space-time, based on what we know about physics, these suns should not be doing this specific activity. But we can clearly observe it. And we observe it all over the galaxy. What is causing that? And so he goes on to say, what if it's not dark matter? We can't prove it. What if these suns, these stars, are deciding to do that? These stars are conscious. Fascinating, fascinating article. He goes on to talk about how a sun could change its own path. Because that's what they're doing. They're moving in a way that just doesn't make sense by any known science. And we see this all over the place. And he goes, it's possible like a sun could actively like push out electrons in one direction to kind of constantly be manipulating itself to stay in a location. And he, to be fair, the article goes, this is one thing he says, and this is why that's not true, and this is another thing he says, and this is why that's not true. It's not an attacking, even he admits, he goes, there are pros and cons to all of my arguments, but very, very interesting article, and I hope I'm saying it correctly, but the gist of it is, we don't know why the stars are doing this. This is a possible theory, that they are conscious and they are doing it because that is what they want to do. So awesome. <laughs> I love I read this the other day. I was like, I can't wait to share this with you guys because it we look up at the sun and that's such a constant, right? And we're told by science it will sit there for billions of years, like it sat there for billions of years before, and it'll eventually get bigger and bigger, and Earth will end up being the closest planet to the sun, and all life will be burned off of it. Hopefully, we're on 15 different planets and eight star systems by then. Maybe we will harness the power of the sun by then. But all of that takes into account that the sun is just an object. It's just a thing. When in this theory, it could just go, I'm done. And begin to slowly float away. It would start to drag the solar system in one direction until eventually planets kind of fall out of its gravitational pull and go tumbling into the darkness. And the sun just moves on. And what would we do to stop that? With all of our technology, if the sun did start... First off, we'd wonder why it was doing it, right? We're like, this this doesn't fit any of our models. But what would we possibly do? Humanity would have to hitch a ride. We'd have to figure out a way to stay next to it. Which, you know, we couldn't, right? It would just move past us. And leave us alone in the darkness. And we all die off. No longer given the heat, no longer given the life from this great God in the sky. 
It's left us. It's abandoned us. That is the greatest fear of all believers, that your God abandons you. But maybe there is a way to keep the Son with us. Maybe there is a way to prove to the Son that it shouldn't leave us. It should never leave us. It should always keep us around. Maybe the way to convince the Son to stay is to return to the old ways. Something that nearly every culture has done. Human sacrifices to the great ball of fire in the sky. A mass calling of humanity to prove to the Son we are now and forever its children. If the Son does have a consciousness, if the Son does look down upon earth and watches us, watches over us, how would we show it that we still love it? Love it even more than our own brothers and sisters than to spill warm human flesh for our all-knowing, all-powerful, blazing sun. It gives us life, and we worship it by giving it death. It's such a cool story. I love this one. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.